Good morning, all. Welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. It is now day 143 of our broadcast. With me today, with the news, is Max O'Brien. Hello, listeners. The big piece of news for today is that we got word from Jennifer at the Lighthouse that there is a huge storm coming in off the coast that will be upon us within a couple of hours. So be sure that your shelter is fortified against heavy rain and strong winds. For today's broadcast, we have someone's story to share with you. It comes from Gerald, who is living in a place called Deerfield with his family. We've decided that Max is going to read this story for you all, so without further ado, take it away, Max. Thanks, Agnes. Gerald says, When this thing first went down, I was with a friend of mine. This was when we knew what was up and people were evacuating. We had made it back to my house, and we were collecting a few supplies. Ironically, I had bought a book recently for my son that was about surviving in the zombie apocalypse. I located the book and was collecting a few things that it suggested on a list of essentials, including a towel. I was worried about taking the book with me because if my son made, made it back home, he would need a book like that. I didn't know where my family was at that point, but just as we were about to leave, my wife and kids made it home. I guess they had decided to barricade in the basement because they rushed past me headed straight for downstairs. They weren't exactly being pursued by zombies, but there must have been some not far behind them because they were in a hurry. They had some supplies with them that they were bringing in from the minivan, and when I looked out front, that's when I saw three figures watching the house. These were the first zombies that I ever saw. They were cheerleaders at my daughter's school. It was like in the movies. They were in full uniform, or even one with her pom-poms. And they all had bloody gashes on their arms and faces. They had dead eyes, and their mouths were hanging open. They weren't chasing anyone, but just standing there, gazing up at the house. One of them got closer and started clawing at a window. My daughter had jabbed a pin into her cheek as she ran into the basement, and it was just sticking out of the zombie's face. My daughter started to explain to me that they had the sadness. Apparently, something had been happening at the school before anyone knew what was going on. For a couple of days, there had been some girls that had been kept home by their parents because they were afflicted by something that they were calling the sadness. There was no mention of anyone being dead or anyone getting bitten by anyone else, but there was definitely something wrong. I guess the name had come from the dead faces of those early-turned-girls that was easier to call sadness than to actually admit that they were dead and had turned into zombies. It's strange to me now that those first cheerleader zombies weren't really chasing or biting anyone in the aggressive way that most zombies do, and that those first few cases were being covered up by this made-up affliction, the sadness. It somehow reminded me of the girls in Salem, Massachusetts that had supposedly been possessed by witchcraft back in the 17th century. I wondered if it was related somehow. About the book, though. As it turned out, I needn't have worried because my son had foreseen this issue. He checked the same book out of the library and brought it home. I guess he was one of the earlier people to start putting two and two together and realized what we were dealing with. My kid's pretty smart, I gotta tell you. That book has come in handy, too. Some pop culture's been rather helpful, hasn't it? And that was the beginning of the apocalypse for me. We hid in the basement for a few days, but we all got restless pretty quickly. Within a few days, we were all bored and hungry, we made several careful trips to the pantry and lived off of food in there for a while. We even retrieved some board games that we brought down there with us. I have never played so many consecutive games of Monopoly in my life. There didn't seem to be a whole lot going on outside, though, and eventually we ventured outside. 
everything was really quiet. You see, we live in a gated community. As it turned out, our neighbor Chris had the common sense to close the gates. The few zombies, like the cheerleaders, got taken care of, and the fences around our subdivision actually kept the zombies out. About half of the families had already evacuated, but a good number of us had stayed and hunkered down. With our neighbors, we fortified our fences with wood and brick, building them into more like walls. The 36 homes in Deerfield have been safe ever since. Being some of the lucky ones, we knew that we had to open our community to others seeking safety. Wade eventually made contact with us and has connected us with other communities in trade and support. What a great story. Yeah, but some of that sounds really horrific. Yeah, seeing your friends from school as zombies must have been traumatic. Yeah, but I was talking about all those games of Monopoly. I'm surprised they didn't kill each other. Max, never mind. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, I'm Agnes Drew for Max O'Brien. Take care of each other. (laughs) 